every once in a while people ask or they come on different lives or events and like, how are you a narcissist? Like, it doesn't seem like you're a narcissist. And from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, a lot of times it wouldn't seem like I'm a narcissist because of how I've always lived, because of how I've grown up, because of how I presented myself to the world. I never looked like a narcissist, never looked like an abuser. I never looked like someone who hurt and destroyed other people, but that's what narcissism is. And ultimately that's what narcissism does, how to actually exemplifies itself in its life on a day-to-day basis. And so sometimes people are like, wait a second, how does this even make sense? Well, besides the diagnosis, all the abusive behavior and being in therapy for multiple years, I want to kind of break down a little bit of narcissistic personality disorder and walk you through a little bit of it. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I am a narcissist. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness about narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations and your guide in the uh, challenge that we have called the Clarity Challenge. It's a 45-day Clarity Challenge to help break you free of the mindset that has you stuck, like the rumination, the trauma bond, all those pieces. But I explain it from my perspective to actually give you the clarity you need to get free and ultimately start to build in healthy habits to change your life so you don't go back and you don't go with a toxic person. So when we talk about narcissistic abuse, there's nine diagnostic traits that happen inside the DSM-5. You have to have at least five of them consistently in your life to be considered a narcissist. For me, I've had all of them in my life. And it's been something that I've been working for years now of helping to modify and change different things that I do, but ultimately looking for this opportunity to transform. Transform who I was to who I am to who I will be by working on changing my mindset, the stories that I tell myself the things that I would assume other people are attacking me and I was the victim when it wasn't true. But my mind wouldn't tell me it's true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply but it's not. So anyways, we're going to dive through. I'm not necessarily going to talk through all nine of them, but I want to talk through them piece by piece and give you my perspective of just my side. So a little bit different style video, I guess you could say, but I want to bring this to you. So first off you have is grandiosity, exaggerated sense of self-importance. For me, I was always the best. Like no matter what, I was always the best at whatever I do. If I wasn't the best at the particular thing, then I'd stop. And I'd find something else I could be better than someone else at. So for instance, uh, growing up, my mom wanted me to learn piano. So I started learning how to play the piano. Then we moved and we were at a place where there's someone else there that was my age or might've been a little bit younger and she was way better than me in piano. So I was like, eh, I don't really want to do piano anymore. So eventually stopped because I didn't want to do it if I wasn't going to be the best and be praised as the best. That person could outperform me. So I was like, I don't want this. So then grandiosity and the sense of self-importance, that transitioned into relationships and ultimately into marriage, where I was the number one, like everything revolved around me. I was upset if it didn't revolve around me. In affairs, I was upset when that person wasn't obsessed with me, wasn't paying attention to me. It needed to revolve around me. So I always thought I was special, always thought I was unique, always thought like, hey, there's something different about me, people should like me more, all this kind of stuff, okay? Then we get into like the work environment and I was like, I am the best person ever. 
Like I could do this better than everybody else. I could do it faster. I could do it harder. I could go, I can do all these different things. And I was great at what I did. So I did this. I worked for Chick-fil-A for 10 years. And a lot of my journey there was like upgrading drive through So I'd take a drive through that was like 90 cars an hour and walk away with them being like double or triple how many cars they could do in an hour. And so that whole aspect of like, I got really good at what I was doing. And so I was like, I'm better. Uh, interesting thing, technology. So like iPads, technology, like stuff that's like not working, especially in the work environment. If someone is like, this isn't working, I could literally walk over and sometimes just touch it and it would start to work. Now, that sounds like, oh, he's full of himself. No, there's like a lot of people, even my wife would say like, it's weird, okay? But that didn't help. That didn't help my ego. That didn't help my sense of importance of like, I'm the best one. I would even say this sometimes, like I'm the best person. Like I'm perfect. I would, I would joke, quote unquote, right? I would joke with my wife of like, it's hard being such a perfect person, isn't it? Like that was the sense of entitlement of how much I was like, yeah, I'm this amazing, okay? Because I wanted to make sure everybody else knew. All right, we gotta keep moving because otherwise we're not gonna get through any of them. All right, need for excessive admiration. You know, a narcissist is always seeing this admiration. So I wanted this from every single person, but the problem was I was also being my abusive asshole kind of a person to everybody else, so I wouldn't always get that. So then I'd have to find someone else that didn't know me on that degree, on that level, so I could actually get that attention. So growing up, I was always looking for interaction. Like it was just, it wasn't even excessive admiration as far as like people being like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. It was just like communication, interaction. Like it just had to be something. Like I would struggle a ton even in uh, like college and stuff like that of being able to do different tasks without having someone there or someone like interact with me. Like I always wanted this like attention from someone else. And for me, it's like a piece of like, oh, like I'm important. And then like they'd stop responding or they stop texting. I'm like, where are you? What's going on? And I would start to use emotional manipulation to try to get them back into the conversation. Okay. Uh, then you have lack of empathy. Lack of empathy is a huge one. Everybody touts this one of like narcissists, lack of empathy. Okay. It's a lot of nuances with it. Okay. For me, there's a piece of like not being devoid of empathy of like, I don't see it now or I don't understand. I see it now. Like I have cognitive empathy. I understand, hey, this sucks. Do I feel it the same way that someone else that's more emotional might feel it? No. So like if you're crying, I'm probably not going to be crying. Okay. Because I don't connect that way. Now, can I figure out enough about the situation to be like, oh, she needs support in this way, or he needs me to understand this aspect hundred percent, but I don't feel the emotion piece as much. Like I struggle with that. So growing up and then in relationships for me, I struggled to connect with you if I didn't understand your situation, which was most people's situations because I didn't connect emotionally. Okay. So like my wife would struggle with anxiety or my wife would struggle with like panic attacks or my wife would struggle with like different things like that. And to me, I just be like, they're not even real. Like you're just making this up. Like you're just trying to get attention. You're just all these kind of things. And so I'd put down anything like that. Same thing with like mental health, same thing with psychology, all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, no, that's stupid. Now, I also had some of that framing, you know, even from my childhood, from growing up in conservative Christianity. And a lot of that just seemed like taboo. Like, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about our emotions. Don't talk about our feelings. Don't talk about mental problems. Those don't actually exist. It's just all people like that are sinners, all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of different pieces with it. So, but for me, a huge part was lack of empathy. So look at someone crying, be like, okay, for me, it was annoying. Okay, so if, if, if my wife was crying, and especially if she was crying about something that I did, it was annoying. I just wanted it to stop. 
because in that moment, if I could get to stop, then I wouldn't feel bad about myself. Then I wouldn't actually feel shame. If I could get away from that shame, if I could get away from that, then I would feel better about myself. So that's where I'd rage out, where I'd be like more frustrated, more upset, just trying to get it to stop. If I could get it to stop, then it would seem a little bit better in my head. Oftentimes I would just walk away. I'd just be like, forget this, walk away, call someone else, be like, I can't believe this, my wife is so awful to me, all this kind of stuff, okay? So very much like victim piece, but shut off on the aspect of empathy. Like, I don't want to do this. Now, there's a lot of times when I knew I should do something, okay? And this is the piece that people don't like to hear. A lot of times a narcissist knows to a certain degree, to a certain level, hey, that something should happen. Wife is crying, I should comfort. But the thing is, if I comfort her, then I would be the bad guy because I would be admitting that I did something wrong. I would be admitting doing something abusive. Can't do that, so I gotta be able to run away from it, okay? That's a huge piece about it when we talk about empathy for a narcissist and for toxic people. It's not that they don't understand. They had to have some level of at least cognitive empathy to be able to lure you in to even start off with. But it's, there's a difference there. Like, I don't wanna actually deal with this because if I deal with it, then I look like the bad guy. That was one of the lies that I believed for such a long period of time that I'm a good person. So I had to run from it no matter what. I was like, I cannot be the bad person. No matter what I do, I cannot be the bad person. So I have to continue moving forward so that I'm not the bad guy, okay? Then uh, let's see, sense of entitlement. So when we talk through sense of entitlement, for me, like I thought I would deserve special treatment from my wife. I thought I deserved special treatment from other people. Like I thought like, why aren't they paying attention to me? And now there's still those reframes that happen in my mind of like, didn't didn't they know this is going to happen didn't this actually think about this way but i have to be able to change this and i work through those with stacking to help it rewire the mindset the thought process that i actually do on a day-to-day -day basis now there's times where it's more of like a joke of like didn't they know we were coming to water park today why didn't they stop the rain you know stuff like that like but now it's different because going back and forth with my wife there's like hey we actually understand what's going on and she calls me out on any bs that happens okay so but this whole piece of like entitlement i viewed that especially early on in the marriage as being entitlement to her like i was entitled to her i was entitled to what i wanted i was entitled to the lifestyle i wanted the things that i wanted all these different things but she wasn't because that was that was her. Like I'm entitled to me. Like there is this big piece of it being very much like disproportionate in like the values, disproportionate in how I'd actually treat her, very hypocritical and saying you can't do this, but then I would do the same thing. Okay. So all back and forth. Hopefully that gives I just realized like we're running out of time. So hopefully that gives like an idea of over overall sense. Uh, I only got through four. So we're going to do a part two on this. That way you guys can be able to hear this if you like it. Or if you don't, then we won't do a part two. But um, we'll do a part two on this so you guys can understand a little bit more. But this whole aspect of I am a narcissist. I've gone through this right now at the time of this recording. I've been in talk therapy for two and a half years, EMDR therapy for six months beforehand, helping rewire the mindset that I believe. Now, here's the thing. And I did a video on this earlier uh, yesterday talking about narcissists going to therapy. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if they can go to therapy all they want, unless they're willing to get honest with themselves, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. So don't compare your narcissist to me because if you do not have honesty, they will never change. They will never grow. They will never develop. They will never transform into the person they're called to be because they're unwilling to confront the lies that's in their life.
Okay. If we can be of any help, please reach out. You can go to rawmotivations.com. We'd love to be able to work with you. We'd love to be able to help you move forward in your healing, your growth, and development. And if you haven't already, like, subscribe, rate, review, and share this with someone. You never know when you share this with someone else, they might pick up something that impacts them, that impacts a friend of theirs, that just spreads the news to help more people have an awareness about narcissistic abuse and also provide the tools to help them get free.